G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway Podcast, the podcast that's all about intermittent fasting. I'm your host, Graham Curry from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilograms or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle and successfully maintained that weight loss. I'm also the author of the Amazon category best-selling book, The Fasting Highway, which will give you a great insight into what it's actually like to live it day to day, how to get started, what it's about, what are some of the health benefits that come from it, and how to turn it into a successful long-term lifestyle. In this series of podcasts, you'll be hearing from people from all over the world, from the beginners to the experienced and those that are on the journey. You'll also be hearing from some leaders in the intermittent fasting community, and you'll also be hearing from some past guests as we recheck in to see how they've been going. And thank you for joining us here on the Fasting Highway. Enjoy the show. G'day, and this is episode 180, brought to you by our Patreon supporters community of the Fasting Highway podcast. And a big shout out this week to our U members in Laurel, Haley, Chris, Jane, Julie, Susan, Janice, Renee, Kelly, Rachel, Chris and Craig. Thank you for supporting the Fasting Highway podcast and helping me meet the cost of the podcast to get it out to the rest of the world and also to spend some more time with my family on the weekends and we're enabled to be able to get some people in to help us with the back end and it's been really gratefully received. So thank you. And if you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to join our Patreon supporters community, they receive some great benefits back in return. We just don't ask and not give. Uh, you get some extra Zoom meetings twice a month for supporting you on your fasting lifestyle with other members and myself as the host. Uh, we do them for about an hour, each one, twice a month. Also there, at top tier, you get access to my audio book. Uh, you get extra content, bonus discussion topics, bonus episodes. You get early access to the podcast some 48, 72 hours before trailer-free, commercial-free, just the actual interview. So if you want to look at that, uh, go to the show notes, www.patreon.com forward slash The Fasting Highway. There's two levels of support from just 17 cents a day. So if you enjoy the podcast or you're a member of the Facebook group and you love that, uh, please get behind us and support us so we can continue to do what we do and bring these stories to you each week. Okay, let's get on with today's podcast. and I'm going to be speaking with the amazing Emily Harvo. And Emily is a passionate fasting and carnival coach who was last on the podcast way back in episode 78, some two years ago. And Emily's had an amazing journey since then, and she specializes in mindset, goal setting, and creating a thriving lifestyle for her clients. And she has lost some 150 pounds by combining intermittent fasting and a carnival diet. And Emily has seen improvements in things like mood, energy, and outlook by using the ancient healing tools of fasting and carnival. And she's had an absolute incredible journey since she started and some 150 pounds overweight. And she's overcome that and so many other things. And now she's living a thriving lifestyle. So here she is to tell her story, Emily Harvo. Oh, g'day, Emily, and welcome back. Hi, Graham. It's so great to be talking with you again. It sure is. It's been quite some time. Uh, Emily was last on the Fasting Highway podcast back in episode 78, some 100 episodes ago. And a lot's happened in your life since then, Emily, which we'll get into. So what we might do uh, for the listeners out there, if you want to go back to episode 78 and listen to Emily's original story, but I might get you to just recap that, Emily, and then we'll take a deep dive into the world of carnival, which you're immersed in now. 
Absolutely. So, Graham, I am a two and a half year carnivore by now. I think when we recorded, I was maybe one year in or something like that. This has truly evolved into a lifestyle for me, and it has become my healthiest maintenance lifestyle, starting with intermittent fasting, started at 300 pounds, morbidly obese, depressed, anxiety, poor mobility, low energy, just not feeling good, blaming everyone in my life for my problems, mentally was not in a good space. And I was fortunate enough to find Dr. Fung, Jen Stevens, and you, my friend. And I was fortunate to tie into community from the very start. And so uh, fasting was always done in community with me, with accountability with me. I learned how to fast. And what fasting can do is it opens up your sensitivity to what your true best nutrition is and what the best way is to feast. Because we know that feasting is just as important as fasting. And for me, my body thrives eating a meat-only diet. So many different ways to go about carnivore. I can't wait to get into that. But I really attribute you and people like you and people like Jen and people like Dr. Fung for giving us this concept of support and community. I love your Facebook group. I've met many other carnivore friends in your Facebook group vegan friends, people of all different eating styles. And, you know, we don't need to argue about any of it. We just need to celebrate each other and each other finding our best health through nutrition. And obviously fasting has to be part of it. Yeah. I mean, with your high weight there, you got up to 300 pounds, Emily, some, you know, two and a half years later or more. What are you sort of at now with your weight and how's that been going for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I had gotten, I got down pretty low, actually. I got down to all the way down to 140 and my body did not like that. <laughs> so at some point I was about 160 pounds lost and then came up to 150 and I kind of hang out in a range. Um, I, you know, my relationship with the scale, I like how you say that it's there for accountability, but yeah, I'm anywhere in the 150s, 160s, but I go more by um, how my body is looking, how my clothes are feeling, even going carnivore. We see this in intermittent fasting all the time. The body will take on a very nice shape and the scale doesn't necessarily reflect that. Um, and so I have found that with carnivore as well, that I have my shape and my clothing sizes. So when I was starting out clothing sizes, I was in size 26, 28, 4X plus, and I'm now in generally sizes 8, 10 in that neighborhood. So yeah, it's been great. And I've been maintaining it for a long time now. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? 150 pounds lost. And Emily, what has that done for you as a person? What has it done for your life? And so many health benefits have come. And just recap the health benefits that you've seen aside from the weight loss. And just yes. for you as a person, and in particular a woman, what has it actually done for you losing that amount of weight? I love that you bring that up. I think that losing the weight in a healthy way, without restricting, without overfasting, with staying truly nourished, has grounded me in my femininity. It has, I'm 52 years old and I never could imagine that in my fifties, I would actually feel my most confident and my most attractive. Uh, and so I think from a woman's journey, uh, it's been incredible. My hormones have healed. I have great cycles of, I'm in my perimenopause. I'm not having a lot of menopausal issues. The fasting and the carnivore, carnivore lifestyle are really helping me with the female issues and the hormone issues. 
Uh, so I think that it's just helped me feel so confident and sure. And it's helped me to want to exercise more, to want to take care of my body more. And as I become older, to be more and more honest with myself about the things that a healthy life is made up out of. So to me, it was a huge confidence shift, but also my sleep feels wonderful. Um, the body composition, my movement is on point. I can, you know, I phase in and out, but when I'm on a phase, like I will enjoy lifting at the gym. Um, and for me, it's been the mood and mindset. I don't really suffer from depression anymore. And that was a huge issue for me when I was overweight and when, when I was food addicted and addicted to sugar. Yeah, I remember you saying that in your first episode that, you know, overcoming those issues. And I mean, I was the same. And then I ask you that question from a lady's point of view, because I know as a guy what it's like to lose a similar amount of weight and how that can really transform your self-esteem. And yeah. I think people sort of concentrate on the weight loss a lot with different fasting type of protocols, uh, whether they're carnivore or whether they're vegans, plant-based or whatever it may be. But there's so much more going on in the background. But Emily, I've got you on here today because you've become an expert in the carnival world. You've immersed in it. You're rubbing shoulders with some pretty big names in that space. And we'll talk about that later. But first question I want to ask you is, and I'm sure the listeners do out there that may not understand carnivore, what is carnivore and how should it be done properly? Oh, wow. This is such a beautiful question. Carnivore is a meat-based diet, and there are so many different ways to go about carnivore. So the idea is this is we're looking at ancestral food choices. And so we're looking at back into, you know, prior times, what humans thrived on when things were less processed. And so that's kind of where the roots of it are. Uh, carnivore has become very popular in the mental health community and in the autoimmune community. We've had seen huge strides in people overcoming inflammatory diseases because this is what's happening, Graham, is this systemic inflammation that we get obviously from overeating and becoming overfat and having too much fat on our bodies. Our insulin gets out of control and we are trying to figure out what are the foods that don't trigger inflammation that are anti-inflammatory types of foods. And what we're finding is that meat is very safe. And so it's one of those foods that people don't tend to react or respond to with um, the inflammation. And it also prevents this hyperinsulinemia, uh, which is, you know, like your insulin resistance. It helps fight that at the core because really the carbohydrates are the component that leads to that. And so overconsumption of any food is not a great idea, but carbohydrates wreak havoc on the blood sugar systems. And so what our goal is when we're fasting, when we're, you know, going about nutrition is to get our insulin levels to come down. Down. So we have powerful modalities. Fasting is, you know, the most powerful modality to do that, in my opinion. But it it pairs beautifully with a carnivore diet. So yeah, I don't know. Do you want me to go into different types of carnivore? Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Um, I mean, sometimes like intermittent fasting over the years, for me, I've seen it a bit of confusion creep in with people introducing new spins on intermittent fasting. <laughs> we often see a lot of arguments in groups about, you know, you can. Put cream in your coffee while you fast. You don't know you can't, you know, and all of this. So we know that that you got to have a clean fast, right? We know that as fast. Fast. So Absolutely. there's a lot of people out there that want to confuse the issue for whatever that may that may be. So yes, carnivore. Is there different types of protocols? 
Absolutely. So what we have is, uh, I'll, I'll tell you one of the strictest protocols is actually a lion diet and it is ruminant meat only. It's meat, salt, and water. So on carnivore, um, salt is generally a safe addition to use, but you're actually looking to put out plant materials and to keep plants out of the diet if you find them inflammatory and harmful for you. So when we're on this carnivore path, um, you can definitely look at a meat, salt, water, and this is uh, ruminant meat because the ruminant animal has four chambered stomach and so it's highly filtered. It tends to be the less reactive, most highly nutrient dense food that there is and people don't don't react to it. So especially if you're on a severe disease path and autoimmune, you might want to look at um, the lion diet. Uh, The next step would be uh, meat and water. And so this would be all uh, muscle meat of any animal. And so the dairy is not included in this. So a meat and water approach would be, you know, your fish, um, chicken, poultry, um, you know, rabbit, pork, you know, all different kinds of meat. Uh, a lot of people will do a version of this and they'll include eggs. They'll do what we call the triple B and E coined by Dr. Ken Berry, BBBE. This is beef, bacon, butter, and eggs. Tons of people thrive on that version of carnivore. Then we expand and we get into a carnivore diet that will include other things like coffee. So coffee is always optional. If you were strict carnivore, a coffee wouldn't even be in because that comes from a plant. Um, and so you can get into um, uh, kind of including coffees and teas and uh, things like that. Of course, those are plants, but it's getting a little bit more relaxed, it's getting more into that carnivore-ish ter- uh, territory and dairy. So we know that some people are very reactive to dairy and some people thrive on dairy. Uh, and the animal fats in dairy is uh, super good for the body. And there's a lot of nutrition that comes from dairy. So if you're not one that reacts poorly to it, dairy's fine. It comes from an animal. The only one that we really discourage is some people will say that honey is um, carnivore. And that one can get people into trouble because so many of us on a carnivore diet are trying to overcome sugar addiction. And so some, for some of us, any kind of sugar, even fruits, you know, but, you know, anything like that can actually trigger that sugar addiction and we can be out of control again and not getting the, prop, uh, the proper nutrition that we absolutely need. Yeah, fantastic explanation there, Emily. So with sugar sort of issues that people have, you know, I found when I was losing the weight with intermittent fasting, and I was pretty much carnivore-ish, I would tag myself, because I was eating a lot of meat. Meat was a big part of my diet every single day in my eating window, right? You talked about autoimmune diseases and skin issues and that sort of thing. And you may have heard me talk about my psoriasis. And I really feel that that sort of meat-based sort of diet not only the fasting, but I think that really helped with the psoriasis vanishing off my body. And it took six months. I had carried this on my body for 20 years. And then after six months, a combination of fasting, very much a keto, uh, sorry, a carnivorous type diet. And then I saw it disappear. It was amazing. Absolutely. But the other thing I wanted to ask you about this carnivore um, business with the sugar is if I had a really bad sugar addiction, how would I transfer into a carnivore diet just basically overnight? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, that kind of depends on how you want to handle that. If you want to rip the Band-Aid off, we had kind of talked about priming and carnivore in general. When you're first starting carnivore, actually, you might not want to fast or you might want to do a very uh, gentle approach to the intermittent fasting because what you're doing is you can replace that sugar addiction and those cravings by eating meat and kind of filling up on that period and kind of having a hypernutrition time period of time before you actually move forward with the fasting, what that does, Graham, is it kills all of your cravings. And so you get ahead of the cravings um, and then you challenge yourself later and kind of do a tapering down approach into the fasting. So that's what I have seen be incredibly helpful. Um, when you're dealing with a sugar addiction, it does take times. You have to spend some time for most of us in an abstinence period where you don't have it, where it's a struggle during that time. But if you can have a piece of bacon instead of a piece of chocolate, there's a huge powerful tool in that. And so you can stay satiated and stay ahead of those cravings when you're eating enough and your body is so thankful to have the correct nutrition and have this meat coming in, it can really resolve that sugar addiction issue quickly. Um, I definitely encourage support during this time as well because it's hard to give that up and you have to understand the damage that that sugar is doing to you when you have an awareness of anything that is out of proportion in your life and you can't stop doing it, when you can write down the ways that it's harming you, it helps you to take a look at that list and so that you can take a look at your list of why you want out of that addiction. Yeah, fantastic. So when we talk about this priming, is it basically like really filling up on meat, eating a lot of meat, and sort of resetting your metabolic rate? Is that, is that what you're talking Absolutely. about? Absolutely. It resets everything. And so one of the most incredible things about the carnivore foods is there is no such thing as an essential carbohydrates, but we have plenty of essential amino acids and essential fatty acids. And so what we see when people are going through this priming period is a lot of issues resolve. And so they have the correct neurotransmitters that they need in their brain. They finally have the right substrates to make things like that in their, the brains that they need for the happy endorphins and serotonins and good emotional status. But it also satiates all of the hunger hormones. So it gets your ghrelin, it gets your leptin. These things start to come under control. Then when you have this calm and this satiation, because what has happened, Graham, is we have oftentimes over fasted in our past and under eaten. And so this season and this period of feasting resets all of that. It actually resets the messaging to yourself that you are worth it and that you're worth even the purchase and the cost of the meat because it's a little bit more expensive, although you're taking processed foods out. So overall, it really works out. But it's kind of like this self-care mode that we really do take people through. And so it's best done in communities. Sometimes people will gain a little bit of healthy weight. You can have some healthy weight gain, bones and muscles and things that you were behind on. On, and then you transition into the fasting lifestyle from there. So it's great to take this period of, of nourishing. You're right. It's a metabolic reset as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You touched on the nutritional benefits there. You can just extend on that a bit with carnival, the nutritional benefits, getting enough nutrient dense foods in, getting everything yes. they require, traces, minerals, that sort of thing. Just yes. explain why carnivore is beneficial in that space for people that may not know. 
Absolutely. So the definition of the nutrition in a steak is it is com nutritionally complete. And so when you think about your vitamins and minerals, we have our fat soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K. You have to have animal fat, saturated fat to absorb those vitamins correctly. And so what happens on a carnivore diet is you actually need less of other types of nutrients because they're no longer competing for the binding site. So for example, vitamin C, when you have uh, carbohydrates in the body and sugar in the body, one of the worst things you can do when you're coming down with a cold is drink orange juice because it binds up all the sites for the healing process. And so when you don't have carbs and sugar in there, you need less of the vitamins and nutrients because you have the, the carnivore provides that. And so it's every bit as healthy and nutrient dense and it's bioavailable and it doesn't come with hindrances that the plant foods can come with the anti-nutrients and the lectins and the, all these um, defense mechanisms. So plants have their very own defense mechanisms. And these are things that actually are problematic for absorption. Uh, there is no need, diet, need for dietary fiber. You can get all of your nutrition met with an all meat diet and you will have a lot less waste. So you won't be having all the things that happen when you eat a high fiber, high salad diet, you're gonna have a lot of digestion issues issues by eating the meat because it's highly absorbed and it's absorbed in the small intestine, you get less health issues overall and you just get more nutrient absorption. Yeah. Emily, you know, when you're a child at school, there's always that one kid in the class that keeps going, but why? But why? But why? So I'm going to have somebody come to me and I know that's like that when I'm trying to explain carnival. They're going to want to know about yeah. the science. Where can yeah. people get information on the science around carnival? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to recommend Dr. Anthony Chafee and Dr. Ken Berry as far as great YouTube channels to pay attention to. Um, we do have uh, the, a book called The Carnivore Cure by Judy Cho, and she has a wonderful um, Instagram and YouTube as well. And so uh, she goes into nutrient by nutrient what, uh, what you get when you eat pork, steak, fish, and also what you get when you're eating some of the other um, foods and some of the problems with actually absorbing the nutrients for those foods. So the why has to do with how nutrient dense they are, that they're bioavailable because their species specific diet, our species was has um, developed to be able to digest this food and the lack of anti-nutrients and the lack of the plant chemicals that, that uh, prevent the absorption and prevent the digestion of the, the nutrients that we need. You know what, Emily, when I look at carnivore and I think about it, it's almost like we've gone full circle back to our ancestors, back to the caveman days, that sort of thing. And the way that they were eating is the way sort of carnivore has evolved now. And people are sort of going full circle back to that. But I'm not going to be wearing a loincloth and uh, carrying a spear and running around Las Vegas anytime soon. But I just want to know, how do you feel about, do you see that as well? Are you taking that full circle back to the way our ancestors were eating? Yeah, absolutely. But we live in a modern world. And so you can go full out with that. And so we have some, you know, yeah, you can get some extremists, I suppose, in that realm. And so I'm so thrilled. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about the reverse series in a little bit, but it was mostly MDs. And so we have neuro neuroscientists, we have family practice, we have diabetes specialists. Um, we have so many um, medical doctors, nutritionists that are, you know, showing us the studies and sharing the 
famous studies. We have uh, Harvard did an observational study with uh, carnivores over a period of time and saw tremendous health reversal. Graham, we're talking about reversing disease. This is a functional healing because so many of these disease processes are inflammatory in nature. Carnivore brings the inflammation down. And so when this happens, it allows the body to self-heal, which we know fasting does that as well. So that's the, the biggest power of this is it is so anti-inflammatory that the body gets a chance to heal. You know, Emily, I saw you one day in one of the groups post on your birthday, a picture of your cake, except it wasn't a cake. It was a steak cake with a candle in it. And you talk about nutrition well, hey, a steak cake's got to be better than a cake, right? Any day, any day. And even the amount of food is different on carnivore gram. When you first started, if people are coming from a background of extreme dieting and malnutrition, they can be quite overweight and undernourished. So sometimes when you first start a carnivore diet, you'll have a voracious hunger that opens up and you'll eat more. But it does taper down because you don't need as much food when it has everything in there. It's energy dense and it's nutrient dense. And so the body doesn't, doesn't tend to call for more and more. When you're eating a carbohydrate, since they're non-essential and you don't need them, your body still has like a protein hunger. It might even have a fat hunger. And so it's still asking for more. So my steak cake was a beautiful celebration. We stuck a candle in it. We did it again this year. I just, uh, I turned 52. Uh, that was for my 50th birthday that we had my first steak cake. But yeah, we get the candles, we have fun with it and I enjoy it completely and there is no room for cake in my belly when I'm done with it because I know how it's going to make me feel the next day and I want no part in feeling like that ever again. I could just hear thousands of people around the world saying, Graham, give us a cake. We don't want a steak. We want a cake. And that's fair enough. I have a birthday. cake for you. Yeah. I have a carnivore cake for you. I really do. I do. I have a cookbook, Graham, and I could uh, tell people where to find this too. But, you know, I, there's all kinds of recipes that you can make. I make a carnivore cake out of, it does have dairy. So if you're sensitive to dairy, it won't work. But it has eggs and it has some cream cheese and we use some whipped cream. And But there's no sweeteners. There's nothing like addictive in it. And uh, so I do have some cake options if you have to have your cake. Fabulous. We'll get to that in a minute. But... Another question I have about carnivore, I know I've done it in bursts, right? Like my wife was overseas in Scandinavia working for a few weeks. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to eat steak and meat, and, you know, and, and that sort of thing and seafood. I'm a big seafood lover. And obviously seafood's a big part of the sort of carnivore world. I take you, you can eat seafood, right? Oh, absolutely. And it has very specific nutrient profiles, the omega-3s. And, you know, there's a lot that seafood has. I, I think those that can eat lots of different types of meat and a variety of meat are going to have the best um, variety and overall profile for the nutrition. But absolutely, seafood is in. Yeah, that's a good segue, the variety, because I know when I was doing that, when my wife was up in Scandinavia, I, I felt amazing and I felt like I was almost getting ripped in my body, like I could feel myself sure. getting stronger. And I'll give you an example. There was this big pot outside and it was really heavy. And a few weeks before, I went to try and lift it and I couldn't lift it. And then after a month of doing this carnivore, I went out and I threw that thing around like a rag doll. And I was just like, whoa, my strength has improved so much over the last few weeks. It was crazy. But yeah, yes. I, I find it beneficial. But my biggest problem with it is I get to the point where it starts getting a bit bland for me. Like, oh, I need that sort of variety. Like, I need to see those colors. I need to see all the greens, the vegetables and all that. 
Does vegetables at all fit into a carnivore lifestyle or no? Yeah, I mean, certain people can absolutely tolerate vegetables. And, you know, I definitely hear, hear it said that it's on a spectrum of species appropriate diets. So, you know, really uh, low carb is going to be a good approach. It's going to be a better approach. But if you, some people can tolerate a bit of carbs. And so vegetables would be an example of a bit of carbs or maybe a low carb berry. You know, that would be an example of, of something low carb that's in the plant, plant foods. Um, so absolutely carnivore-ish counts and is supportive and will give you excellent nutrition. Uh, I like people to try 100% carnivore at least for 30 days or 90 day challenge because a lot of times you didn't even realize you were having a symptom until you try carnivore for a period of time and the symptom leaves. Fasting's like that too. You're like, oh, I feel, I didn't even realize I'd gotten so used to that ache and pain. I'd gotten used to feeling that inflammation in the morning. And when people go 100% carnivore, often those resolve. And this is definitely a category where you are what you eat in the muscle category and you saw that in your strength and so i always feel curious about if there's other kind of non-carnivore foods in there what if you filled up that space nutritionally with 100 percent carnivore what difference could that make in your performance or in your healing journey yeah because i remember last time i interviewed you i think you were talking about doing some weightlifting or something so what do you do for exercise now you're still lifting a tin yeah, yeah. So we have a gym downstairs. I actually was feeling so confident that I attempted a CrossFit class of all things. <laughs> and so I tried CrossFit for a couple months and that really didn't stick. But I love walks. I walk with my friends just for social, just relaxing for my mental health. But for my metabolic health, I lift weights. I do body exercises. I, I think that building that muscle is so important. I think it's important for us to age well and feel good as we just continue in the journey. So yeah, I'm all for muscle strength, strengthening exercises. Yeah, we all want strong bones, don't we, as we get older, that's for sure. So Emily, the carnival sort of lifestyle for you is obviously done very well, but obviously we're an intermittent fasting podcast and you're a faster as well. So let's talk about how fasting can fit in with a carnival sort of lifestyle. Oh, it's the perfect combination. To me, they're versions of each other. In fact, some people even say, you know, oh, car it's a carnivore fast. And I don't like that. You know how you and I both feel the same way about clean fasting. A clean fast is a clean fast. And that muscle grows. And you need to be doing, even if you can only do a 16-8 clean fast, you need to do your fast clean. Um, and so to me, it's an enhancement. They enhance each other and they balance each other because I think you get certain types of healing when you're in that fasting zone. You get so much autophagy and you get the, the human growth hormone and you get all these things that really benefit. Then you layer weightlifting on top of that, maybe even do a fasted workout then you give your body that trigger to tear down and build up muscle, and then you refeed with 100% carnivore food. It has the perfect nutrition to build muscle. So to me, I we talk about a trifecta. The trifecta is movement and uh, carnivore and fasting, and not one of those is more important than the other. They all work together synergistically. So a lot of the advantages that you'll get from fasting, you'll get, you'll come into ketosis, right? Well, a carnivore diet is very supportive of ketosis. Uh, you know, if, if you're needing that deep ketosis for a healing journey, so you do, you will want to watch the protein. So even in a carnivore diet, people will have uh, different approaches. They might like a higher protein or a higher fat. Carnivore is very similar to fasting, though, in that most people do not have to count calories or macros. They can eat intuitively. And if they're wanting that extra edge with their performance, with their healing, or with their weight loss, 
fasting, you really want to layer in that fasting with it. I do see carnivores that don't ever fast, and I feel like they're missing out on a missing piece of the puzzle. Yeah, and as a faster, Emily, do you find with carnivore that you have to fast less or more? Yeah, when I first started, I, it was less because we're already a little bit further advanced, I think, in the cycles that you go through, you know, when you're kind of burning through your glycogen. Well, carnivores don't restore their glycogen as much because there's not the extra carbs coming in. We don't get that. You know, when people are eating carbs, everything in your body kind of plumps up a little bit again and all that water comes in and stores with it and you get more variants. Uh, so on a strict carnivore diet, for me to, for me starting out, I actually had to dial back a little bit on my fasting and I took I did 14 hours, 16 hours, would build it up just a little bit at a time. It's an adaptation. I think there's a fasting adaptation and there's a carnivore adaptation and there's the two together. I feel like now I can fast longer, easier. Um, and that might have to do with that. I tend to be on that high fat carnivore um, spectrum. I tend to, you know, eat a lot of animal fats. But yeah, over time, I've definitely developed it. And I've developed, uh, you know, with my team, we've developed fasting calendars and protocols where we like to, it's very similar to everything that you've taught and everything that Jen teaches is that we stair step. So we don't start with an alternate day fasting routine. <laughs> but we can get there in community. We really can. So we start with like a simple OMAD. We'll practice five OMADs. And then we'll maybe practice a little bit of alternate day fast, which is anywhere from 32 to 42 hours. And, you know, we keep it really gentle. Um, but we like to teach fasts that are repeatable. And so that's what we found is having this carnivore nutrition, you're in such a stable spot to, uh, spot to start with that it's easy to transition into it. And as you train it and increase it slowly, then you can do some more fast if that's what you're wanting. You're convincing me more and more by the minute, I've got to tell you, Emily. Fantastic. <laughs> and so are you high fat carnivore or high protein carnivore? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of both. Both are so important. And so this is one of our things that we're getting at is you need enough protein and enough fat. Um, I feel my best on a higher fat approach. That is not a low protein approach. That's a moderate protein approach. So I've been one that has not had to track my macros. I generally eat. So a, a great way to do it is you want to eat the meat and the fat that comes with it. And so, you know, beef especially has a really great fat content that comes with it. Um, so I tend to not anymore have to um, put butter in it anymore or add tallow. Um, but I have found that for my mood, my energy, and my sleep, going on that high-fat road has been beneficial for me. But I've seen so many people thrive doing maybe moderate, you know, moderate fat, high protein. They're both completely valid. Both of those macronutrients are essential to the to human performance. And I think that you actually get cravings for either one. At Carnivore, you're only eating two macros, really. There's no carbs in there. And so you get to where you can listen to your body and tell which one you need more of. Yeah. Do you eat dairy at all, Emily, yourself? Yeah, I do, but I take breaks from it. I do find that dairy is a little bit less intuitive on satiety. So people can uh, have inflammation from dairy. They can still have some cravings with dairy. So I like to look at dairy as a condiment. Maybe how you would look at vegetables, like little vegetables on the side of your meat. Uh, that's where dairy would land for me. And uh, there's no big humps, hunks of melted cheese or meals of cheese. And also you're going to have a lot of digestive issues with dairy. It can really bind you up. 
So I think included in small amounts, it's good. And for me, I love the discipline of taking breaks from it. So I'm on a break from it right now. And I I love the clarity. I have a little bit more mental clarity when dairy's in its place, which is take breaks sometimes. I've had a few people say to me that do carnivore that they've had problems like you just mentioned here, binding up constipation, that sort of thing. So how, how can I avert that and what's some of the things they can take to avoid that? Oh, absolutely. So for one, you have to know what true constipation is because carnivores do not need to go as much. So um, because the food is readily available and absorbed in the small intestine, it's not going to the large intestine. And so very common for carnivores to have bowel movements once a week, every couple of days. So this concept that it, we seem to be constantly pushing stuff through the system, uh, we just don't see that. A lot of people are thriving and have a lot less movement in that area. If people are struggling with that, you can definitely look at salt, coffee, but usually you want to increase your fat. That should help with that situation. You can tell if you've got too much fat, if it goes the other direction, you have diarrhea, then you're going to want to back the fat off. That's a big one that you can use. Um, salt can help. And then sometimes it can be simple dehydration or lack of movement. A walk after your meal can help a lot. Um, and just making sure that you are drinking to thirst. You don't have to over drink, but drinking to thirst can help with that as well. And can you take sort of supplements like magnesium net on a carnivore mm -hmm. diet to help with that citrate? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great supplement exactly for that. Um, reason and you know one of the coaches I used to work with all he would call it magnesium shit trait excuse me <laughs> as a way to remember that's the magnesium the citrate that will help get things moving in that zone so yeah you can use that as a helper as well yeah fantastic bio optimizer that sort of stuff but what about alcohol uh, with a carnivore lifestyle and sort of people that drink some people drink a lot of sodas when they have an eating window and it's sort of detrimental because they don't realize how much sugar is in that. And when they're not losing weight, they say, why aren't I losing weight? You know, And then they say they're drinking four Cokes at 40 teaspoons of sugar in their eating window. So how mm -hmm. does beverages and soft drinks, alcohol fit in with Carnival? Yeah, I mean, the sugar and the derails and the soda, it will completely destroy your progress. And so that's not to say, you know, don't eat meat and sugar, just take the sugar out. So, uh, and diet pop is just as bad because it's a, a chemical. It's so artificial and your body looks, your body doesn't know the difference between uh, a sugar and a false sweet. So uh, we definitely do not encourage any kind of gums, any kind of, you know, artificial sweeteners. Stevia is obviously a plant food and the rest of the sweeteners out there are chemicals that are made in labs. And so this is kind of a more of a natural approach that we're taking. Uh, a lot of carnivores drink coffee. I'm the same way with coffee as I am with dairy. I'm on a break from it right now. I like to have it in, but then I can tell sometimes it bothers me and I take it out. Um, so uh, that's pretty optional. Um, and then from there, you know, you're not going to have any juices. Um, some carnivores will drink raw milk or milk. Um, and we just caution because you can have a lot of reactions to that. And there is actually a lot of sugar in that. And so you could kind of tr trigger the sugar cravings from that as well. Uh, sparkling water, beautiful, just a plain sparkling water club soda. A lot of carnivores will have water with a little slice of lemon in it. Lemon is very innocuous. It doesn't have these um, plant poisons or um, oxalates in. I mean, it, it has them in an amount that is not going to cause buildup and cause issues. So a lot of people will do a little bit of lime, a little bit of lemon, and they'll get away with that just fine. Uh, teas can be okay, but you know, there's some issues with teas and thy thyroid health. So an herbal might be okay. Your, your clearest, safest bet is going to be sparkling water. Spark 
sparkling plain water or just drink the water. Yeah, is there any downsides to carnivore, Emily? Like we talk about yeah. the glow glowing aspects of what we do in our fasting lifestyles, whatever protocol we do, but we have to talk about downsides too. Is there any in carnivore? That oh, you know? we have to. Oh, of course there is. I think, you know, uh, I mean – in balance to what it possibly could offer you, I think it's worth it to try it. But I think it's worth it to be flexible and try it for a period of time how you do, because you're going to find your own pluses and minuses with it. Um, socially, you just have to use some more strategy. So it's a challenge. So what I do socially is that I eat before I go. And but if I'm going to because if you go out to a restaurant and you order your strictly meat, you're going to get like a measly little snack sized, you know, portion of your food. And you're going to have to order two or three dinners to get the appropriate amount of nutrition for carnivore appetite. So if I have social things, I will eat before I go and then I'll probably eat at the event, too. So some people could say that that would lengthen my eating window. But I'm a seasoned faster and a seasoned carnivore. And if I have one day that I have an eight hour eating window, nothing bad is going to happen or a four hour eating window. Um, so I think that socially there's a challenge there. Uh, but the thing about that challenge, and we have that as fasters, too, is that it helps us find our inner strength and our inner boundaries and our resolve. And it helps us say, what matters more in this room? What they think or what I think about myself? What else matters more in this room? How I feel my best or their opinion of what I'm choosing to put in my mouth. And so I think there's a lot of strength in that challenge to valuing yourself and valuing your health and making the decision for yourself. And when you feel happy inside, when you feel confident of your the choice that you're making for yourself, that exudes. You can focus on the people around you, just like you and I have fasted through many social events. So what if we're fasting or for eating a hamburger patty? We're focusing on our friends and what their issues are, and we're able to give to them in ways because we're freed from being obsessed with the food or whether we're fasting or whether we're not fasting. There's another T-shirt there. I do carnivore. You do you. And that's how I always end tough conversations. I do me for me. You do you for you. And that's how it rolls. Because you're right. You don't have to worry about other people's opinions or accept kickback from anybody. If you feel great and you, you're beneficial things that you're doing, then keep on doing them. Don't listen to the naysayers and the soul crushers because they just want to drag you down. And we all have them. doesn't matter what fasting sort of lifestyle or, or food sort of uh, chain you follow there. Do you ever have a day where you sort of think, oh, I don't want to be a carnivore today. I want to do something else. <laughs> I do, but I have a memory every day of how I feel when I eat the other stuff. And it's not worth it to me because I know how I'm going to feel the next day and the day after that. And my body will probably ache. Or my energy will go down. I did not know I was a high energy person carnivore plus fasting gave me the gift of being a high energy person. And I love that now. I love being present and able to accomplish so much. Um, so yeah, I think that sometimes I look around if people are having this or that, and but I just look at them, 
you know, taking that bite. And I know that bite for me is going to send me on a road of probably addictive behavior, poor self-esteem. It's going to tank my mood and I will hurt. And so I feel much better staying in my own zone and staying proudly carnivore. And I have a community, I'm in the community. And so I know that I have them to bounce this off of and share with them and share my wins with them. I know that only another carnivore will know how that feels or only another faster when you... And when you say, I fasted through the wedding, I felt great. And my schedule was to have a fast day today. And I fasted and I was fine. And I was happy that we have each other to encourage each other. So absolutely, I have days like that. And it's just not worth it to me. Yeah. We I mean, talked about community there. Let's talk about your life now as an influencer in that carnivore sort of community. And I followed your journey over the last couple of years. And I'm so proud of you. I could pop. And you absolutely have done so amazingly well in what you do, and you've become quite well known. So just tell us about that journey from Emily Harbo, Intermittent Faster, Emily Harbo, Carnivore, and now Emily Harbo, the influencer. <laughs> so, you know, really what we did, Graham, both of us, is we wrote about our stories. And so you wrote about your story in your book and shared this incredible journey with so many people. I feel like I talk about my story every day, every time I do a group coaching session, every time people are asking about my experience and I do it in my Instagram as well. I like to post on my stories in Instagram, literally my stories on the Instagram page. Uh, so I was doing it as an accountability and to track my progress, but then I just felt this burden to share because I felt so much better eating meat and I felt like this was the key to my maintenance. And so I wanted other people to know so many people have lost weight with keto and fasting, with fasting alone, with keto alone, and they haven't been able to maintain it. And so I didn't feel like it was fair for me to hold answers that for me were so simple, doable, enjoyable, and to not share them with other people. And so it's just been mostly I'm on Instagram right now. I'll be starting a YouTube and a podcast pretty soon to connect with people. I've been able to be a part of the incredible communities. I know we have fasting communities and we have carnivore communities. We have really great groups. We get together on Zoom and we share our struggles and we share our wins. We even have parties. We call them NSV parties. And so every there just comes in shares. And with carnivore, it's oftentimes a weight loss, but sometimes, Graham, it's weight gain. Sometimes it's people coming from a disordered eating background, and now they can eat ordered. And they can include some intermittent fasting because they have peace. And so they're well nourished and they can start doing some of these things too. And that's always, you know, something to, to, to move forward with your doctor about that. But we have people that have been underweight from arthritis, from pain, from degenerative diseases, and they have gained weight and they have stopped their purging behavior. And so we have it wins from all corners of people that are coming from illness, um, so I think that these communities are crucial and I think sharing your own journey just ensures that your success will be lasting and that you will remember the hard earned lessons that we have learned in our journeys. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, you're obviously a carnival coach as well now. You just mentioned your coaching sessions and my first thing I thought of was how do you actually coach people to eat meat? But it's much more involved than that, obviously. So just touch on your coaching sort of business and, and how that's going. Absolutely. I love doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. I also will sometimes coach in teams. Another coach and I will help somebody together. So 
It is as individual as the client because I have a lot of clients that want to learn how to fast. And so we'll help get them get a fasting schedule and I'll help hold them accountable to that. We, you know, almost always start with priming or do some periods of priming and then we'll kind of baby step into the fasting to get them going. A lot of clients I have need literal recipes. They have no idea what to eat. And so I have come up with things that I can make that taste like a muffin and a pancake and all the funny stuff that we ate before, but they're made out of either beef gelatin or they're made out of eggs and lots of butter. And so, you know, a lot of it is just me sharing my mom tips. How do you cook for a family doing this? How do you get your kids to do this? Uh, and so it's very individual, but having a friend, a one-on-one friend that can hold you accountable, can help you set some goals and that you can stay in touch with can be a game changer. I have had so many clients that felt that just by having a coach, it made a night and day difference to them actually following through with their decisions. So I think coaching is wonderful. Yeah, that's great, Emily. You know, I think carnival is one of those things. I mean, you're either a meat lover or you're not, right? There's a lot of people <laughs> that love meat like me. I absolutely love meat. I would seriously eat meat every day if I could. <laughs> but I know that I need more variety in my life, so that's what yeah. I do. But I love seafood. I'd probably eat seafood over meat probably mm. more every day over meat because we have a lot of it here. We have an abundant supply here in Western Australia and I've got good access to it. But yeah, I think it's just one of those things. You just got to find your own niche and try it, I think. But you'll sort of show that you went on reverse. Tell us about that. The one that was filmed down in Costa Rica. Oh, this was incredible. So I got to go, I think there were about 10 of us influencers, mostly MDs, honestly. So we had specialists, uh, doctors in nutrition, neuroscience, a fertility specialist, uh, general practitioners. So we had all of these MDs and I think he brought in like about four coaches. And so I got to go with my coaching friends and bring that lifestyle and that motivation piece and that this is how you put the pieces together part of it. Uh, so we had five guests and they had a variety of different um, conditions. They had autoimmune. We had a uh, type two diabetic. We had kind of this one that was kind of what we would call like a skinny fat where she had lots of insulin issues, but she was a very small person. So that has a very specific approach that we take with that. So we were able to help these five people that came and uh, help answer their questions about the concerns and the doubts about the carnivore diet. And we even had one that came that thought he had no issues at all. But when he went through the series with us and went through our coaching classes and attended with us, he realized that he was a raging sugar addict and didn't even know it. And he has given up sugar. And so I think about all the diseases that he has prevented. So most of our guests that came were in a disease process and were trying to get better and better and better. But we had even one that who knows what we prevented. And this, what this is really about is a functional healing and preventing getting sick. We don't, people don't need to get to feel as bad as we felt if they can get on it early. So it was filmed in Costa Rica. I helped with the cooking. We had Maria Emmerich, an amazing keto carnivore that helped us with the cooking as well. And Bronson was there teaching us exercise. So it was an all body approach. We learned about addiction. We talked about family life and marriage. Uh, we talked about body composition. So it, they got just this this uh, a fire hose of information. And then Charles followed up with them to see how that went over their life. And they were just so inspired, had incredible changes turning around. And yeah, we were just really lucky that Charles Maddox wanted to feature carnivore. Carnivore at this point is the cutting edge of the keto movement, so much so that KetoCon has changed its name and it's now called Healthier Hack, Hack Your Health. 
And so this is a conference where people come all over. I got to present at it this last year on carnivore with fasting. But what I'm seeing is that when we get uh, the doctors, Dr. Sean Baker, who's kind of the patriarch of carnivore, when he hits the stage, people go nuts because we are so enthusiastic about the healing that carnivore has brought to our life. So I think it's just growing and we'll keep growing. Um, but yeah, being able to be at, in Costa Rica with this group of people to educate, we were educating our five guests that were there. We were encouraging each other and formed really bonded friendships there. And now it is on Dr. Ken Berry's YouTube and it will be on more channels that will be released. So you can watch my Instagram and watch my um, YouTube for more announcements about reversed. It's about reversing diseases. So it's called reversed carnivore series far out the dr berry get on the grill down there in costa rica and cook up a few steaks or what sure he did we had a uh, dr berry grilled steaks we had uh, uh one of our doctors what that as a costa rican doctor as a carnivore down there he made these beautiful chicarones for us in this huge pot but yes we absolutely enjoyed uh u.s wellness was one of our sponsors we had some great sponsors that came in you know fond bone broth and that gave us some products to cook with and feature throughout the show and uh so yeah we had we had gr uh, steaks grilled by ken berry absolutely emily we're going to wind it up in a second but before we do if you're sitting there with a few friends whether being costa rica or up there in yakima in washington are you having a steak cake and they're asking you for a bit of advice how to get started, not only with fasting, but also carnivore? What sort of a few words of wisdom that you could give people just to get going? Yeah, um, keep it simple. You can crowd out. Just um, buy the meat that you love and enjoy. Start there. Find a community. Reach out to somebody to help you get going with this journey. But it's really quite simple and delicious, and it's easy. It's like one of the most minimalistic ways, simplest ways that you can eat. Grocery shopping is so simple, but just be joy based and find those animal foods that bring you happiness and bring you joy, so that you. This is a completely desirable, delicious way to eat, and it also heals your health. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean, you touched on it there with the grocery shopping, but somebody asked me the other day, they said, man, it must cost you a lot of money, the amount of meat you eat, and because I like to eat good meat, right, because I eat really good steaks. I don't go and just buy the average sort of steak. I was a butcher in my early youth, and I know what a good steak looks like. When I went to Japan, it was next-level steaks here, Wagyu beef, you know, it's like mm. 200 bucks for a steak, and it's just fantastic. Mm. So would you say the economics of carnivores stack up? I mean, it's quite expensive meat now. Yeah, it really is. And so you definitely have some decisions to make. I like what you're doing, Graham, that you buy the highest quality meat that you can afford. And so for me, it's a six, there's six people in our family and we are a carnivore family. My kids can eat whatever they want, but we, what we buy and prep for them is carnivore foods. And so um, there's lots of ways that you can do, like I shop the grocery stores ads and the sales and I will stock up. We have a food saver. We keep several freezers going and we will fill them to the brim with the best sales. I happen to enjoy some canned fishes and some things that aren't quite as expensive. And so pork tends to be more affordable. So there's tons of ways that you can include a variety of foods and keep it very affordable, but you can look forward to less medical bills, less hospitalization issues. You can look forward to um, less processed food. This is a whole foods approach. And so you're not going to have this shelf stable crap with all the seed oils and sugar hanging around. You're not going to be buying ice cream. You're not going to be buying prepared 
prepared meals. So there's a lot of things that you won't be buying anymore and you're not going to have vegetables rotting and fruits going bad on your counter. <laughs> and so there, you don't really have any food waste on the carnivore plan. So I have found it to be completely affordable and very simplistic, taking the stress out. Yeah, great explanation there, Emily. But I can't tell you how inspiring you've been and a marvellous, marvellous explanation of the carnivore lifestyle. I've got to say, probably the most succinct one I've ever heard. But thank you for joining me here on the Fasting Highway. I'm about to run out and get my spear and loincloth on and go and find a good steak. But I'll catch you up in another six or 12 months and we'll have another chat then, Emily. Okay? Beautiful, Graham. Thank you for the work you're doing. This has been such a pleasure. Okay, take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Emily. That was a wonderful insight into living the carnivore lifestyle and so well explained. And I wish you all the best in your career now as a coach in that space and also all the work that you do for the fasting community and your own carnivore lifestyle. I look forward to catching up with you another six to 12 months time. You're a super inspiring person and thank you for being a shining light and such a great podcast. I really loved it. Okay, folks, if you yourself love this podcast and other stories like it, We've set up a Patreon community now for people that like the podcast and they want us to help bring it out, meet the expenses to do so and that sort of thing and become a supporter and get some great benefits back in return like a couple of Zoom meetings twice a month. They've been fantastic. We're getting people from all over the world into those Zoom rooms and we're giving them some great support back. So if you want to go look at that and the benefits you'll receive back by supporting the podcast and myself and the work we do in the intermittent fasting community, you can see that link in the show notes there, uh, www.patreon.com forward slash the fasting highway. You can go there, read all about it, choose a level of support and come and join us and get behind us and we ensure that this podcast will continue in the future. Without your help, we simply can't do that. Okay, folks, until next week, be well, be safe, and remember, clean fasting is everlasting.